episode 38. I'm Jessica Parker. I am a holistic health coach with a master's in health psychology. And I'm actually going to be talking about that a little bit today because we're going to speak on kids and the vid. I will be speaking in code so I don't get this removed, hopefully. And it's something that I haven't talked about really because my son is 16 and I have homeschooled him since before the whole situation we have going on <laughs> that we've had going on for a couple of years now and um, pulled him out for other reasons that are for a whole nother Dr. Phil show. But we have really not dealt with a lot of the things that people are dealing with throughout this whole situation. And I work from home. And so it's been more what I'm witnessing from other people and friends and all the things, but I'm a little bit spoiled because I haven't had to deal with it, but I'm also quite thankful, quite thankful. And I have a 16 year old who has had a pretty normal life throughout the last couple of years. So again, I'm very thankful. By the way, today is February 18th. It's Friday. Yay. So let's dive in. And, you know, I just have to kind of preface this with I'm really, really tired of people taking kind of a political stance on all of it. And, you know, I've had a couple people come at me, you know, with stop talking about it, you know, and I try to be very careful and tactful and bring up things that are empowering. Like, you know, we have immune systems and and I'm not saying that that means that you can just escape it if you're like taking all the vitamins and exercise. I'm not saying that. I'm not suggesting that. But I'm saying statistics tell us that you're far less likely to end up with, you know, uh, a lot worse outcomes if you're taking care of yourself to begin with. So it's kind of, to me, it's like a little nudge um, in terms of hello people, we should always be taking care of ourselves. And this is just proof of it, right? So I'm not sure why that would be negative that I'm sharing that. And I, I've had people say I had one person in particular reach out recently, it doesn't matter, people won't do it, people don't care. I don't I really the some of the conversations are really confusing to me. And I absolutely as a health coach actually disagree, that I really believe that people have this constant narrative of it doesn't matter. Like you just have to like wrap yourself in bubble wrap and you know, then you're going to be fine. And that's for one, not the case. And I think everybody knows what I mean by bubble wrap. I mean, and it's not just one thing, but it's like protect yourself and you're going to be fine. But those things are not working. And in my opinion, and this is a opinion and observation, I'm seeing people who are doing all those things and living in fear and sanitizing the crap out of everything and doing all of that are getting super, super sick continually right now from other things. Our immune systems have to be challenged in order to be strong. We cannot live in a bubble and expect to have strong immune systems. You cannot put toxins, which the sanitizers and stuff are not good for you. And you can't constantly use those and expect your body to be healthy. And I could go on and on, but we're going to talk about kids. So 
again, I know that it can be a, a touchy subject, but I want to bring up some things that are actually out there in terms of research and even what the three letter agency C, you know what, C, again, speaking in code, things that they have said. So I just have some concerns. And I, I also want to bring up the fact that I have a master's in health psychology. My previous life, before I changed my degree a few times, was in early childhood development. And I um, have worked with kids for years and years. And that was in my educational background to begin with, was early childhood development. And so I have some pretty big concerns when it comes to some of the stuff that has been done um, having to do with the vid. So the first thing I will tell you, and I will link to the things that I reference here. And so you can go look up these studies for yourself, but kids are very low risk in terms of the vid and, and getting, um, having any real severe results from it. And those who've been hospitalized have had comorbidities. And I've even seen that, and I'm sure other people have too. The ones that, ha that have gotten really bad and are hospitalized are those who are primarily overweight, but maybe also like just have horrible diets and probably have some maybe autoimmune stuff that's probably undiagnosed, you know, uh, because they're living the standard American lifestyle. And I'm not, I am not here to pick on anybody. I'm saying that is how it is. And we all know, I'm pretty sure everybody knows this, that obesity and low activity levels, those are huge, huge, huge in terms of risk factors for the vid. So our kids are at high risk because of this, because so many of them are overweight and have hardly enough exercise at all. So I'm just going to read this. Most studies that have looked at the vid risk in children simply divide the number. So this is something important to understand. Divide the number of kids with severe outcomes by the number of kids with confirmed vid who present to the present to the healthcare system. So basically, they're just looking at the ones who walk through their door and who are seeking treatment. And then, okay, well, out of all the ones seeking treatment, the ones who are like most sick, and they're coming up with their numbers that way. But it, and this is from Chris Kresser. Um, and he really dove into a lot of this research. He says this dramatically increases the denominator, which in turn overestimates the risk because it includes the much higher number of children who have the vid but don't seek health care because their symptoms are so mild, which mine was one of those. In fact, 40% of children with the vid are completely asymptomatic, which, you know, I'm somebody who really has been like, hello, antibodies. Why aren't we talking about that? Why aren't we testing antibodies? And that's something, you know, that that if that came into play, it could really be a huge game changer. But people, it's not part of the narrative. People are not allowed to talk about it. And there are studies, you know, showing how, how much more protection you have from the natural antibodies. But um, it's it's a little amusing actually for me, um, somebody who likes to nerd out on all this stuff to see a study will come out. Oh no, actually the, the sauce in your arm, the sauce is actually much better. But then when you actually look at that study and research it, they have no leg to stand on. There's, they're just trying to pump some information out there 
that you're going to see the headline basically, oh, see, see, it's the, it's the sauce that's better. But if you actually read it, their study is either faulty or they're just manipulating information. And it's clear when you actually read it. So, uh, the risk of ICU admission in kids from zero to 17 was eight per 1000, which is 0.08% and two per 100, oh, eight per 1000, eight per 100,000, which is 0.08% and two per 100,000 in kids five to 11. There were only three deaths among 1 million, one over 1 million, like a million and a half kids. So this is 0.0000284%. So not one single child between five and 17 year olds, 17 years old died. And I didn't even know that. Children five to 11 have been a low, have a lower risk than those under five or 12 to 17. Anyway, so those are some numbers to kind of like digest a little bit. And just, you know, as you're thinking about that, think of what we're doing, you know, schools and all that kind of stuff. So to put all of that into perspective, and just sit down for a second here. The risk of death from flu in children from zero to 17, and this is during the 2019 to 2020 flu season in the US was around 10 per 1 million or 3.33 fold higher than the risk of death from vid. And this is from a German study, which I will link. So I this is something that I've known about, but I haven't actually like, you know, Sathern really looked at the numbers. That's huge, you guys. And it that's what's so sad and alarming to see. We're going to like, you know, keep them from their friends and we're going to, you know, instill fear and cover faces and do all the things and sanitize the crap out of everything. And they're going to get, you know, gain weight and all the things all for something that is less harmful than something that we deal with every year, right? Um, so this should, I mean, it should be something that, that parents are like, oh, okay, you know, but you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to have any bit of like, oh, this information is actually like good, you know, it's actually less freaky than we thought, but you're not, you're not allowed to do that because people are quite married to this, this, the fear porn and the virtue signaling, and it's a little crazy. So moving on, uh, the, the German study also shows that the risk of the vid, um, not only is it very low for kids at all, but it's even lower for healthy kids with no other issues, no co comorbidities or pre-existing health problems. Ding, ding, ding. So according to Chris Kresser, Eating a healthy diet, staying active, maintaining adequate nutrition status like vitamin D and zinc, specifically having to do with the vid, will also help protect both big people and little people from infection and severe outcomes. So we're going to move on to a second point that I want to make and very, very, very like touchy subject, but we're going to talk about the sauce and kids. And this is a specific reason. I mean, there are a lot of reasons, but this was a very specific reason why how no, you're not going to do that to my kid who's a boy and 16. And in this age range, 
of, um, this is one of the very first things they identified in terms of issues with kids and the sauce. So they, this study in Canada looked at the incidence of myocarditis and pericarditis among males aged 18 to 24, but it also goes in here and talks about 16 to 24. But the results were alarming. They should be alarming. And so essentially they break it down from um, the different types of sauce. The first one was the P and then the M within 30 days was one in 1,287. The second category was those who received two doses of the M. Uh, it was one in 2,653. And then those who received two doses of the P within 30 days was one, one in 10,526. So an, uh, another paper published in September of 2021 examined the rates of these issues in ages 12 through 17 males and found that the overall risk for these heart conditions was one in 6,173. So it might seem like, oh, that's not that big of a deal. You know, it's like one in 10,000 or whatever. Well, first of all, you're not going to get me to like, oh, here, just go ahead and do it to my son who's in that age range. And we'll just hope that he's not the one in 10,000, you know, or one in 6,000 depending on where, where they fall in there, right? So it might seem like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. However, the risk of this sauce-induced heart situation in boys 12 to 17 years old exceeds the risk of hospitalization from the vid in healthy kids in the same age range. So even at the peak of the pan, you know what, when hospitalizations were at their highest. So I'm going to say that again. So this paper points out that the risk of sauce-induced heart conditions, the one that starts with an M, in 12 to 17 year old boys exceeds the risk of hospitalization from the vid in healthy kids this in this age range, even when we were at the worst in terms of the pan situation, the vid situation. Moving on from that, so there, you know, we're showing a greater risk of adverse reactions, specifically in males in this age group, but that doesn't take away from, you know, the other kids at all or people in general. There's a lot out there, but you're not allowed to talk about it. You're literally not allowed to talk about it. Like it will be removed, um, but it's out there. So aside from that, you know, here we're, sh we're showing that actually your risk of, you know, having issues from this that's supposed to protect you is much greater than if you actually get the vid. So there's that situation. But then we also have conclusive information studies that show now that kids under 10 rarely transmit the vid. And then kids and adolescents up to 20 years old are 63% less likely to infect others, other adults. So it just, you know, makes you sit back and go, huh? Because the whole, the whole thing that people spew out you, at you is like, oh, we're protecting other people. We're protecting other people. So kids have actually had to bear the burden so much in the name of pr protecting other people. But is that really what's going on? Like it, the information that we're finding shows that it's not.
The other thing is that people have said, you get the sauce and then you're not going to give it to people. Well, even the C, you know what, C has acknowledged that that's not true. Now that, um, especially now that we've moved on to these other versions of the vid, it's not true. In fact, I know so many people who um, have gotten it and passed it on with the sauce. It's like, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. So moving on from there, as somebody who's a mom and as somebody who has a background in early childhood development and psychology, I really am concerned about the depression and anxiety that we're seeing in kids. And I do think that people who maybe are far removed can just be like, oh, you know, and you just see the commercials on TV that, oh, it just is so cute, you know, like the grandparents on the porch and the kids like just dropping a target bag oh waving at a distance and everybody's you know zooming or whatever and that's not reality that is not reality parents are stressed out and busy and trying to figure all this out and kids are like kept away from their peers and on screens and losing their activity levels and gaining weight and all the things and it's it's not a good situation there's a, a study that came out recently that found that 9% of teens had met the recommended 60 minutes of physical activity per day during this whole situation, which this is sad, but it's a decline from 16% pre-pandemic. So, you know, and there, I just said that word that I was trying not to say. To me, it's, it's a smack in the face like, oh, not only do we need to worry about what's been happening the last couple of years, but hello, that sucks. That sucks. 16% of our kids were meeting the like 60 minute per day physical activity requirement or what is considered healthy. Huh? I was shocked to see that and really disturbed to see 9%. Um, it's fallen to 9%. And I guess, I mean, again, I'm a little bit, a little bit spoiled because, you know, we've not, we've not been that impacted by all of it, you know? And so we are active and even when things were like shut down and stuff, like, you know, my favorite thing is to hike and we've just kept hiking and, you know, been active. And my son, um, I even, when he was in school, I, I got him excused from PE. He didn't have that class because he was working out with a personal trainer. And that's something I find to be far more valuable actually than what they were doing in that class. And so anyway, I'm just saying that not to put it on other parents because I also am in a situation in which, you know, I work from home and, you know, have businesses and am able to do things like that, you know, and my son is 16. He's not four. He's not nine, you know, but it's, it's just sad. Moving on. So the, you know what, see, you know what, say, tell us that people without pre-existing conditions like obesity and diabetes have a 93% lower risk of death from the vid than people who have comorbidities. So applying this to children and what I just said, you know, where's, where is the, oh my gosh, let's get kids moving. Oh my gosh, let's get kids healthy. Where is that? You know, it's very frustrating to me. Um, and there was a study published 
in BMJ Sports Medicine in March of 21 that found that people who were less physically active were two and a half times more likely to die from the vid than the, those who were most active. So, you know, you guys probably hear from people like me constantly who are like, oh my gosh, nobody's talking about, you know, micronutrients and getting sugar and crap out of your diet and moving your body. But it's so true. It's so true. If these are like our highest, there are highest risk factors, you know, because they lead to diabetes and things like that, which is just a, a ton of inflammation in your body. And basically you're not going to be able to stand much of a chance with the vid. So why aren't we focusing on getting people healthy? You know, people, you hear all the time, you know, oh, we need to do this, that, and the other in order to keep the hospitalization numbers low well, these things would keep the hospitalization numbers low. And, you know, are you following? So I want to mention one more thing, which is the face coverings. And again, again, it's controversial. And, you know, I essentially feel like people like do whatever you want. If you feel protected, do what you want. Just the other day, I saw somebody from the see, you know, what place talk about how, I mean, they're just kind of like, oh, now we're finding, now we're finding and relaxing. And now we're finding that basically, you know, you're fine if you just are protecting yourself. Like that's what I heard this woman say. And so things that, you know, a lot of us have been saying the whole time, if it makes you feel more comfortable and protected, do it, you know? I will say when it comes to kids, even the W-H-O, um, they even say on their website that um, children five and under should not be required to cover their faces based on the safety and overall interest of the child and the capacity to appropriately use a face covering with minimal assistance. They advise the decision to use these for ages six to 11 based on the following factors so that you need to take into consideration you know what the transmission is like in the area you live in um, the ability of the child to stay safe and appropriately appropriately use the face covering which nobody's talking about bacteria you know there's been a lot of stress there was a school that had to completely shut down once they opened back up because strep went right through the school well uh hello so uh, access to these face coverings as well as laundering and replacement. So that goes along with what I was just saying. Adequate adult supervision and instruction on how to put it on, take it off, da-da-da. But then this to me was like huge. Potential impact of wearing a face covering on learning and psychosocial development in consultation with teachers, parents, caregivers, and other medical providers. So one thing that I want to point out here, because, you know, I was, I was researching, okay, well, what are they, what are people saying? What are people saying about kids and their social and emotional development and all that? And it's so interesting because like earlier, like when the first half of this whole thing, you're seeing, oh, it's fine. Oh, kids are fine. Oh, they're going to be fine. I mean, literally like that's, those are the kinds of things like, oh, sure. They don't get to see like you know, your face and sure they, they, yeah, they have issues with, you know, emotional recognition and things like that, but they're going to be fine. But then now that it's, you know, 
the last half, like 2022, and we're kind of like petering out with this whole thing, they're actually seeing some things. So when you when you talk to people from a psychological perspective, it's a much different story. You know, there is great worry and concern, and um, you're you're seeing you're seeing some sad stuff. And then here we have a speech pathologist. She is in North Palm Beach and she's a clinic director there. And she stated, again, I will link to this, that she has seen a 364% uptick in the total count of referrals for children with speech delays in 2021, implying that the face covering may very well be fueling unprecedented harm to healthy childhood development, which, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, but as somebody who's been in early childhood development and studied it, duh, absolutely. Um, and then a study out of Rhode Island in August of 2021 uncovered that kids conceived during the vid situation have substantially reduced perceptual capacity than their pre- vid equivalents. Across all measures, we found cognitive scores were sig significantly reduced during the vid by 27 to 37 points, or almost two full standard deviations, wrote the researchers. So I will, I will share that information. So I know, I know, like I just dumped all this like blah stuff on you. But my whole point this morning, I went out and stood with some friends and some new friends uh, in front of a local high school and middle school with signs uh, because in Oregon, our the, our situation is that they're saying March 31st, the mandate for the face coverings will go away, but it could be sooner. And then I just yesterday read that it's going to be maybe like the 18th. I don't know. But when you dig a little deeper, for one, we have had one school in Oregon, one that I know of, there could be more, but one more local to me that is like, no, we're not doing it. And it's been a huge thing because they've lost a crap ton of money uh, because of the vid funding. So, you know, you just have to sit back and wonder how much of this is money driven. And I'm, I'm sorry to say it, but it's so true. So, but I was out there with these people and, you know, advocating for the kids. And I've had friends who are like, it sounds, it sounds stupid to be honest. I just feel like kids are being, it's just a distraction. And, um, you know, the, the kids are like constantly messing with their face coverings. And then some of them like are constantly getting in trouble. Great kids great students constantly getting in trouble because of their stupid face coverings, which uh, like all this information, like, is it really necessary, you know? And it's become such a focus. And there are two girls out there this morning who were in high school across from us outside. One was by herself for probably at least 20 minutes before the other one joined her, totally by herself, face covered, recording us, you know? And I, it was kind, it was really weird to be honest with you. I'm like, okay, to each his own, you know. I don't know what you're trying to prove, but um, then um, this other girl joined her also with her face covering, and then pretty soon she's yelling and she took it off, and they were just like, I don't know, trying to start something. But my whole point in bringing it up is just 
They were extremely angry, extremely negative. They're in high school. I mean, you should like you should be enjoying your friends and life and figuring out what your next step in life is going to be at that stage. Like I just was sad for them and the negativity and you know a lot of stuff that I I tuned most of it out cuz it was just dumb, but some of the information was just so wrong, you know, and, and I wish that they would actually sit down and do some research, you know, and kind of put the numbers together and, oh, you know, maybe we don't need to live in fear and maybe we don't need to shame other people constantly. And that's another thing that I'm hearing is happening in schools, you know, it's either, you know, kids are getting in trouble because they're like, you know, messing with their face covering and it's like whatever. Or sometimes other kids are shaming them because that is what we've been taught by media and some of our politicians who are, by the way, enjoying their time. A lot of them are off enjoying their time, um, completely going against what they're telling us to do. Even our governor has done that. She's been found to do that a, a few times. So, but then it's mentioned and then, oh, never mind, you know. Anyway, so our poor kids have really, really uh, taken a lot of the load of all of this crap and it's sad. So again, you know, I feel quite fortunate that my son has not been in that whole situation, but yeah, it's time to stop it. And, and what I'm also hearing is that, you know, if the mandate here is lifted if they stop doing the face coverings well not only is the does the funding you know become an issue but then they're going to go back to more distancing and they're going to go back to contact tracing and you know over sanitizing and all the things which for one the sanitizing thing where's where's the science on that i remember Early on, uh, I believe it was the WHO, but it could have been the C one also, coming out and saying, oh, actually, it's not transmitted on surfaces. So stop, stop. And I just, I see like these big bottles of hand sanitizer and spray and crap everywhere. And it, as somebody who uh, really nerds out on like toxins and what it does to our bodies, our immune systems, our even uh, mental health, our brain health, it's sad. It's sad to me. And I just, you know, I have been in situations where, you know, at a hospital, for example, oh, here's hand sanitizer. And I go wash my hands. I just say, I'm going to go right now and I'll wash my hands. I'm not going to put that on my hands. And they're fine with it. And I just would love to see more of that. So that is it. I really want to just basically end on a positive note and say, I hope that from some of all this stuff that we're really thinking, gosh, we need to be healthier. Like I, re I really think that from all of this stuff, if, if there's one thing, I think there are a lot, but if there's one thing that in general, just on a health perspective that we can take away from all of this, adults, children, everybody, is that we need to be healthier. We are so freaking unhealthy. And I think that's one reason, I know it's one reason, statistically the U.S. has crappy health and you know our obesity rates and diabetes and all that are through the roof. Our autoimmune stuff is through the roof because it's not just what we're eating but it's also all the 
crap we put in our bodies and on our bodies and in our homes and all the things, it's the toxins. So we really need to focus on that stuff. And I think that maybe we, sh we should stop shaming each other and, and being so like, you know, whatever, fighting each other and, and virtue signaling and, you know, following the rules that aren't working and focus on having better health. All right, you guys, you can find me at thatvibrantlife.com, Facebook, That Vibrant Life, and Instagram, That underscore Vibrant Life. And you guys have a fantastic day. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah.